0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time.
1: Time for another episode of Locked On Kings.
0: Is there a strong chance that Monty McNair will sign and trade Bogdan Bogdanovich this offseason? Today on Locked on Kings, I am joined by Sports 1140 KHTK writer Frankie Cardaselli. He and I discuss the choice between Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich for McNair, plus more from yesterday's press conference on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host uh, for nearly the last six years, celebrating my six-year anniversary in Sactown Radio next month in October, and I just wrapped up my sixth season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. Yesterday, I posted two different podcast episodes. One was an actual legitimate episode, the other was full audio from Monty McNair's introductory press conference. I encourage you. Before you listen to today's episode, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to my main podcast episode from yesterday where I took some of the clips, the sound bites, the best bits from McNair's press conference. I played them for you, and then I talked about them, shared my opinion and thoughts on them in detail because we're going to dive deeper into some of the things, uh, some of my takeaways from that introductory press conference today as I am joined by my coworker and friend, Frankie Cardicelli So here it is, my conversation with the KHDK sports writer. Yesterday, you heard my comments on Monty McNair's introductory press conference, our first impressions, getting to meet the new Kings head of basketball operations and general manager as he was introduced to the Sacramento media. But I, of course, was not the only person on that large Zoom call. There were a ton of Sacramento media members, including my partner and my friend at Sports 1140 KHDK, Frankie Cardoselli. He is a contributor, uh, a staff writer, does excellent work covering the Kings, covering covering the Oakland A's, uh, just one of the, the key writers that Sports 1140 KHDK has, and you, of course, can check out his work on KHDK.com. Uh, but Frankie, you were in the uh, the Zoom press conference. You, like me, got to have the real-time uh, first impressions of McNair. First off, let me start by asking you, what did you think overall of Monty and, and just general first impressions, having heard him and in and, and some way being able to, to speak with him?
1: Well, Matt, first of all, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity here to uh, talk some Kings news here. And, yeah, Monty McNair, he's the new chief in town. It's the guy the Kings have been looking for, in my opinion. Uh, they've been looking for him since before Pete D'Alessandro. They brought in a guy back then who we thought was the guy McNair is. He knows you know, more than X's and O's. Just every aspect of the game from inside and out. And during his press conference, yeah, we, it was a lot different than what we saw from Vladi Divac the last five years. Vladdy is a guy who he played the game and he kind of knew the game that way and that way alone a guy who didn't even know what the salary cap was once he came in but mcnair during his press conference just my first takes and knee-jerk reaction he's put the research in he's put the work in he was a part of a talented front office in houston for 13 years it's just hopefully if he can bring even a little bit of that pedigree over to the king's front office we're gonna be better off in the next couple years
0: There were a number of things from this press conference, Frankie, that I really liked and that, that I noticed right away. First thing was McNair's cool confidence that he seemed to have. Another thing that I noticed right away, which I actually liked and preferred, even though I know some media members weren't too happy about it, was the fact that he was on the podium by himself. Vivek Ranadive, King's owner, wasn't with him, and normally when... General managers and head of basketball ops are are hired. The owner, the guy who hired him, is up there with him. The same way a head coach does a press conference with a general manager by his side, right? Vivek wasn't there. And I actually liked that because to me, it was symbolic of this is McNair's team. This is McNair's time. He is in control, and maybe that's me reading too much into it from my own narrative. Understanding what the last seven years have been like under, under Vivek Ranadive, but I like that.
1: Yeah. So, the, what was the thing we've been hearing the last couple of years? Vivek needs to stop making decisions for the Kings basketball operations department, and you saw it a lot the last couple of years. And I think you saw it in the press conference as well with what he said about Joe Dumars, what McNair said about Joe Dumars, how. He's going to value his input, but, you know, he's making the final calls. With, with Vivek not being there, I'm I'm not sure if it was Vivek taking a step back and saying, you know, I hear what you're saying. Yes, Monty's the man. I'm going to let him talk and, and say what he needs to say without anyone else putting input in. But I think it's a big step forward for Vivek, you know, as far as not being in, in involved in as many of these basketball decisions. Because if the Kings want to be successful, they're going to need to lean on Monty McNair's, his decisions his decisions alone, in my opinion. Of course, you have those guys in the front office, Ken Candonella. Joe Dumars will we'll put his input in here and there, and I know they have a couple more pieces that need to move around. But Monty McNair is the man in charge, and Vivek's going to have to be okay with it, and it seems like he is.
0: We're going to talk about specifically some of the things that McNair said, some of the comments that he made yesterday. Uh, but before that, did you get the same feeling that I did or, or just watching him? Did you recognize that cool confidence that McNair had like I did?
1: Yeah, he just seems very relaxed. You know, this isn't the first his first rodeo. He has been a part of a winning franchise. And so that's why I think that confidence comes from. I mean, he wasn't making the decisions on his own there, of course. You know, they had Daryl Morey. But he was a big part of every acquisition and and transaction that was made. So he has all the utmost confidence in the world to come into an organization like Sacramento where we're probably at the most rock bottom. I mean, we've been right now. Every year we don't make the playoffs as deeper to rock bottom. So his confidence coming in, he knows what he's talking about. He has his visions, you know, which we saw. How we'll have to get into the Luke Walton stuff later too. How he says that him and Luke share the same visions, and you know, I think as a Kings fan, not even as a writer, as a Kings fan, I trust his vision. And he seems like he has a clear picture, and that's where his confidence comes from.
0: Yeah, I think I, a lot of Kings fans and even media members, I know myself, we needed to be reassured by this interaction. If we had seen McNair take the podium and not look confident or look like he was unsure of what he wanted to do, I think there would have been cause for concern. It doesn't surprise me that he was the way he was. I imagine this is exactly what he was like through the interview process. And you can see that there's a confidence there of, and I imagine this happened during the interviews of him going, like, even if I don't get this job, I'm still with a, a Houston Rockets organization. I'm working my way up. I I, I don't need this position Uh, and now that he's here in Sacramento he's grateful for the position uh, but he knows that his pedigree his background where he has come from should translate to his success and him being prepared uh, to take on this role of head of basketball operations and I think as every move comes into place and with every move that McNair makes over the next year we're going to draw similarities and differences and uh, comparisons To Vlade Divac, and I already told Longtime Kings podcast listeners, prepare yourselves for a complete change in philosophy. We've already noticed, as you've mentioned, Frankie, that Vlade was a lot more open with some of the things that he wanted to do and how he wanted to run the team. McNair yesterday seemed a little more reserved. There's a big difference there. But just philosophy alone... McNair is an analytics guy. He makes decisions based off of numbers and support of uh, of facts and, and system and, and the research behind it. Vladi Divac was more of a gut decision maker. So already you're seeing those drastic differences, which I think is great here uh, for Monty to try and separate himself from the old regime as much as possible. And I think that gives Kings fans
1: confidence. Absolutely. You know, with, with Vladi, you know, I grew up a Kings fan. I mean, you did too. We're, we're the same age. We grew up through those 02, three teams. And you know, Vladdy coming in, I think Kings fans were just mostly excited about the fact that you know, here's Vladdy, we the guy we love forever, and he's in charge. And th- those gut decisions that he made while he was heading the basketball operations department, it it just it's what cost the Kings you know <laughs> the most over the past five years. So bringing in a guy like McNair, where you know he knows the analytics, he knows the X's and O's. It's a complete polar opposite, in my opinion. I mean, I know Vladi brought in some help in the last year or two, but just so many times, time and time again, where he'd come out and the opposite of how McNair looked yesterday, unsure. He, of course, would stumble, and, and he had the quotes about how he had a better deal a day ago about the DeMarcus Cousins deal. Just all these things where it seemed like we were shooting ourselves in the foot. McNair seems like a guy who is going to hit the nail right on the head every time. I don't think I heard one, um, or, or pause yesterday. The guy is just like, you know, robotic in a good sense, how he just is here for business. He knows what he's doing. And it's going to be a breath of fresh air for the, for the franchise, for the organization, for the city, for the fan base. It's just the best case scenario, in my opinion, of course, there were other candidates like Sashin Gupta, you know, he was a guy I think the Kings fans wanted the most, but McNair, you know, as Gupta came on with Dave and, and mentioned, McNair is one of the best executives in this league, and he's one of the youngest in the league, and I think he's going to mesh well with this young team.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Buying car parts is really difficult. There's way too many makes, way too many models, and now it's really impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in any traditional chain storefront. Instead of enduring the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Obviously, it's all about taking care of your car but saving money where you can so you can use it for other important things like your mortgage or your food. Instead of spending 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store, use rockauto.com right now, and you'll have complete access to the best deals and a wide range of parts right there at your fingertips. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're all reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing the prices based off of what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and it does not require memberships or account login. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. An amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com One of the biggest wins, I think, for the Kings is they're now getting someone who's being brought in. And yes, this is his first job as a head of basketball operations. But he has the track record, and he has the reputation behind him to where I don't think Kings fans have to worry about getting fleeced the same way Vlade and the Kings were fleeced by the 76ers uh, when Vlade first took over the team. So that's going to be different. I think there's now instantly more of a respect for the Kings front office with McNair in place, and I think that respect is only going to grow as he puts his front office staff into place. And he talked about that, but before we get to that, Frankie, McNair seemed very prepared for this press conference, which I would expect. You mentioned very few pauses, very few ums and uhs, just answered questions directly, knew what he was talking about. But it also felt to me that he had an agenda in certain ways to to talk about certain things and make certain things perfectly clear. One of them, which we noticed right away, was his relationship and partnership with Luke Walton. I don't believe that's Monty McNair's decision. I don't like that it's not Monty McNair's decision. However, I understand financially with the Kings right now, not wanting to pay Walton for another three years plus whatever coach uh, McNair wants to bring in. And whether Monty likes that or not, he seems willing to work with Walton. He and Walton seem on the same page, which isn't too surprising because Walton should basically be doing everything McNair tells him to do because he wants to keep his job as long as possible. Overall, that was made very clear to us, and while I don't necessarily 100% agree with it, I'm I'm not 100% behind it, I appreciated that, and I appreciated that they didn't leave room for uh, speculation. They made it perfectly clear, Luke's our guy, Monty said, Luke is my guy, we're working together, I'm excited to go forward, he is our coach next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Kings have just gotten done. I think a year ago they got done paying George Carl's contract. They're, I think they just are about to finish Dave Yeager's. I mean, how many head coaches do they want to keep paying off when for, while they're working for someone else or not working at all? So I think coming in to the interview process, I'm pretty sure a sense I have is that was probably one of the, you know, non-negotiable things with the candidates. Luke Walton's here to stay. Maybe it's it's a tentative one-year, let's see what happens for the first year kind of deal. but. You know, they don't want to keep paying coaches years after they left the organization. So McNair being able to come out yesterday and say, Luke's going to be here next year. And that got out of the way without even really any runaround. It was a straight point. Luke is going to be here, I think, is the exact quote. Luke is going to be the head coach. It, it just is. It's nice to know. So that we don't have to speculate. But it is also kind of a concern because we saw it with Pete D'Alessandro and Michael Malone in Vivek, that whole saga years ago. When a GM comes in and he's not able to pick his head coach, it comes with some baggage and some, you know, it's not really, your house isn't in order. So it'll be interesting to see how the team works, Luke, for the next year and how McNair handles the roster and if there's any back and forth over who should be playing and who shouldn't be playing. It'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Now McNair did leave the door open slightly for speculation when he used the exact verbiage, which was, Luke Walton is our coach next season. So there is the possibility that McNair doesn't see Walton as the Kings head coach beyond next year and maybe uh, Kings ownership and uh, or ask McNair, hey, we just need you to be okay with, with Walton being our coach next season before we get things back under control financially, and then you can go out and get your guy uh, if you want. I still would be shocked If Luke Walton is the Kings head coach going into the 2021-2022 season, he might not even make it to the all-star break this year, depending upon how things go. But what is your gut feeling on that entire situation? Do you think Luke Walton will make it through the year? And do you think there's a possibility of Walton and McNair finishing out Walton's contract?
1: I think it depends. I think it's just going to be a very, very time-sensitive situation as far as the Kings don't really have time to to wait and see. So if the Kings come out and they lose 10 of 13 games, I can see a scenario where Luke is fired. Now, if the Kings come out and they're playing 500 basketball, going to the all-star break, different story. But the Kings are knocking on the door of the longest playoff drought in NBA history, which is, you know, not really a small deal. And as far as playoff droughts go in all sports, I think they're getting near the top of that ranks too. So I could see a scenario where Luke – My gut feeling is Luke makes it through next season, but I know the stats on head coaches in the NBA making it through the entirety of their contracts is severely low. Mm. I would bet over under he's out of the job by next offseason.
0: Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Well, another thing that McNair made perfectly clear. In fact, I said yesterday and I played it twice yesterday on the podcast. It was my favorite quote that we got from Monty McNair. And it was when he was talking about Joe Dumars. And I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not saying it word for word. But essentially what he said is, yeah, Joe Dumars is here to help Vivek with everything, with the organization, the business side of things. He's an advisor there. And then as for me, I was hired to be the head of basketball operations. I was hired to make the basketball decisions. And that's what I am going to do. And then he said, Joe Dumars has great expertise. Uh, he's has experience running teams before with his times in Detroit. He is going to be a great, asset for me to use, and I love that because McNair made everything perfectly clear, and that's something that's been concerning me, Frankie, is this continued trend of Vivek having this revolving door of advisors, which has led to uh, too many voices, some undermining at times, some whispering behind the backs, and just some mistrust in the front office that has been an uncomfortable theme throughout Vivek's entire uh, reign as owner, my, uh, majority owner of the Sacramento Kings. McNair made things perfectly clear. This is my team. I'm running it. I'm making the basketball decisions. That's what was agreed on when I took this job. And Joe is there to help me, not the other way around.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it with Chris Mullen as well before Dumars. Uh, Chris Mullen came in, and he was the executive that was, or the advisor that was helping out Vivek, you know, bring the Kings along when his first season as, As the owner, and I think Mullen took advantage of that opportunity a little bit, and I saw reports that he wanted to become the head coach. And Mm -hmm. after that didn't work out, he went to college basketball. But Joe Dumars, you know, he's been an executive and he's an NBA Hall of Fame player. He was Executive of the Year, of course, when the Pistons went on that title run. But he's also made a lot of bat mistakes. You know, he took Darko Milicic over Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and D Wade. He's made a variety of bad choices down down the line for the Pistons which you know ended up with him departing the organization but B- McNair being able to come out and say you know yeah I mean it's nice of him to take charge when no one else was at the helm but this is my department this is my organization I'm making the decisions now Dumars can help out Vivek and, and be at his side for certain things you know I, I think he'll be around for things that aren't all about basketball either which that'll be interesting to see how that works out from a business standpoint but yeah, McNair. He's he's the captain of the ship. He's going to he's making the decisions, and there's no question about it.
0: Another area where I feel like I may, might be reading too far between the lines is when McNair was asked about Buddy Healed, and then immediately asked about Bogdan Bogdanovich right after. And I thought the verbiage that he used when talking about both players was really interesting. Again, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But when talking about Buddy Heald, he called Buddy an elite shooter, which he is. He talked about the importance of spacing in um, in the modern NBA and in the system that he wants to run, which is very analytically driven, obviously. Uh, and Buddy Heald naturally spaces the floor with his ability to shoot. Uh, and he talked about how he, he can't wait to basically use Buddy in that system. So it made it perfectly clear that McNair sees Buddy as a, a Sacramento King going forward. Now, they might still shop him, and they, and they might still get a deal that they can't refuse involving Buddy Heald, but it certainly sounds like Buddy's position is a lot safer, and maybe even his opportunity to become a starter again is a lot, uh, a lot safer than had Vlade Divac remained the general manager of the Sacramento Kings. Then McNair talks about Bogdan Bogdanovich, and I felt that he talked about Bogey a lot in a past tense. Like, Bogey was such an important part of this team last year. And he did say, like, Bogey is important to the team, so he ended with that, meaning Bogey's not washed and, and Bogey's not done. But the way he talked about Buddy Heald and the way he talked about Bogdan Bogdanovich to me Sounded very different. And it sounded to me like if he had to pick between the two, McNair would take Buddy Heald 10 out of 10 times.
1: So, Buddy and McNair, you know, Buddy, yeah, like you said, he said he's an incredibly young talent. He's one only elite shooters in the league. We're going to be able to utilize him in this system. McNair is coming from the Rockets, who have led the NBA in three point shooting attempts for the last four seasons. So, obviously, Buddy being a part of his roster is a dream for him coming from a roster, you know, where you have your. James Harden's and Robert Covington's and, you know, Westbrook wasn't a great shooter, but he chucked him up. So he likes the three ball. And I know that the difference between Buddy and Bogey off the top is Buddy's under contract for another four years. You know, Vladi with those gut reactions and him, Vladi and Buddy had that back and forth last off season. four years, 94 million. That's not going to be easy to move. So McNair's comments make me, it kind of gives me a sense that, you know, Buddy's who he has. Bogey, technically, is who he doesn't have at the moment, really. I mean, he's a restricted free agent. So my sense was Buddy is someone who you don't need to worry about putting the ball on the floor if he's coached that way. Because if if you have De'Aaron Fox running the point, if Buddy can somehow mold his game after a Clay Thompson, sort of even Duncan Robinson type ordeal where all he needs to do is put the ball on the floor for a dribble, put the ball up in the air, take the shot. Buddy's ball handling is such a concern. If McNair can find a way to mold an offense into Buddy Heald as being a catch-and-shoot threat, I think he can be one one of the, which he is already, but without question, a top two, top three shooter in the league. Now, Bogey, we'll have to see what happens, but yeah, the comments just make me feel like Buddy is going to be the guy next year. Hopefully they can find a way to keep Bogey. I personally enjoy watching Bogey in the offense, but... He said in the press conference yesterday, De'Aaron is the offense. We're running through him, and maybe he doesn't feel they need another playmaking, ball-handling distributor like Bogdanovich.
0: And you brought up finding a way to get Buddy Heald into a catch-and-shoot three-point system that's playing fast-paced, and I think people forget that's exactly what the Kings ran in their final year under Dave Yeager, and that's why Buddy Heald got paid in the first place. In catch-and-shoot situations, he was shooting nearly 50% from three-point range, and those were the majority of looks that he was getting when he was starting at the two-guard spot. Next to De'Aaron Fox, he was running in transition, waiting on the wing or waiting in the corner, uh, and that's where a lot of his buckets were coming from. So it's not impossible. McNair's already seen it. The rest of the league has already seen it. Luke Walton didn't just, or guess he just didn't grasp it or thought, changing the philosophy to make Buddy more of an all-around player was the right move, when last season it clearly didn't look like it was the right move. But I thought it was also interesting, another thing that we heard McNair say consistently throughout this press conference, Frankie, is that he doesn't want this team to pigeonhole themselves. The word that he used is flexibility. He wants to make sure the front office maintains flexibility. And typically when you're thinking of flexibility, when when it comes to running a basketball team, you think salary. You think salary cap. You think financially. And I thought that was very interesting to hear him talk about that. And then when you take the context from that and compare it or mix it in with the context of the bogey buddy conversation that we just had, it almost sounds like McNair is preparing himself and preparing us for the very real possibility that the Kings will hang on to Buddy Heald and try to move on from Bogdan Bogdanovich because it doesn't really make sense financially to pay two two guards a significant amount of money. Now, Bogey is not going to get the same amount of money that Buddy is getting, but the Kings have to be very careful with a max contract for De'Aaron Fox coming up, plus moves that they want to make in free agency, plus a potential contract for Marvin Bagley in a couple years. They really want to avoid pigeonholing themselves financially into an at-best 8th or 7th seed team that can't bring in any more talent and is paying luxury tax, very similar to how the Washington Wizards did it uh, a couple of seasons ago. So I thought that was all all interesting context to tie together. My gut feeling is that Monty McNair is going to try and find a way to sign and trade bogey.
1: Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say. My thought exactly was if they could find a way to sign and trade Bogey, you know he's quite an asset, and I know a lot of teams were were calling the Kings about him this last trade deadline. It'd be a great haul. I mean, not great, but it'd be a decent haul in my opinion. And as, as far as pigeonholing goes, you know one guy we should talk about, or we should take into consideration, is the fact that Vladi also signed Harrison Barnes to a massive deal last offseason. Mm-hmm. And if it comes down to Buddy Bogey or Barnes, I mean. Obviously Harrison Barnes is, you know what you're going to get at him every night. He's 12, 13 points a game. He's a good rebounder. He's a great locker room presence. It'll be interesting to see what the Kings do with, with Harrison in its own right. But I think it's not even a question that one of buddy or bogey will be gone. And if they do have to move on from someone, it's probably going to be bogey because he's number one, Buddy's not really that much of an act. He's not going to get many calls on buddy. I don't think in my opinion right now until System changes and Buddy gets more looks and better numbers. As far as Buddy's, you know, temp, not temper, but anger towards being on the bench, I feel like that's going to change next year because he's going to be a starter and he can become happy again, play well, and then we'll see what happens. But I think if the Kings can move Bogey and get some assets back, it'll be a good start.
0: Last thing I wanted to talk to you about, Frankie, a great line that McNair had when talking about putting together his front office staff, as he said, you're only as good as the people around you. And, it, and McNair seemed to make it clear that he has the ability to build his staff the way that he wants, and he's interested in bringing in not one guy, but multiple people who have a reputation, who are good at what they do, who will work with McNair to turn the Kings into a successful winning franchise. That excites me. I'll wait to see how they get it done and who they bring in, but I think keeping Ken Cantonella around was a great start, Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Love what he did for the Kings front office. And he was um, an unsung hero and made a lot of the, was involved in the majority, if not all of the positive moves that Vlade made in his time here. Uh, Love that start. Very excited to see the names that he brings in. And I do hope, like he made it sound like, that Vivek and, and King's ownership, even with the financial stress that they're going through right now, that they will support him in bringing in the staff that he wants. Cause it sounds like he wants to build a, a dream team front office here in Sacramento.
1: Yeah. And whatever McNair wants, if I'm a veteran, I let him do, you know, the, the Rockets have made the playoffs for eight years in a row. I mean, that's complete opposite of what we're doing here. So whoever McNair wants to come bring in for interviews or, you know, they also need to find a new assistant coach, uh, you know, with, with the departure, you know, there's a plenty of moves to be done with the Kings front office and coaching staff. And it it comes down to McNair. Vivek Ranadive went to King Catanella, and he he was very helpful. And like you said, I think most of the good moves that Vladi made over his tenure, as far as Bielitsa was a great signing. Bogey, obviously, that trade was incredible. There's a bunch of moves that were not Vladi alone. And if you can keep him in your corner and find more minds like King Catanella, they're going to be in a good spot in about a year or so.
0: You can check out Frankie Cardoselli's work on khdk.com. Also feel free to uh, follow him on Twitter at F that's C-A-R-T-O-S-C-E-L-L-I-3 on Twitter. Uh, Give him a follow. He's uh, always plugged in with the Sacramento Kings, writes great articles as well, someone that I'm happy to work with and someone that I look forward to having back on the Locked on Kings podcast again in the near future. Frankie, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate it. That will do
0: it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Frankie and I discussed a ton there, so if you want to respond to anything that we talked about, you can at Matt K H D K on Twitter is how you can reach me on social media. You can also email me at any time, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Let me know your thoughts on the possibility of signing and trading Bogdan Bogdanovich, your thoughts overall on Monty McNair's press conference, anything that Frankie and I said that really stood out to you that you disagree with or agree with. Let us know at Matt George on Twitter or via email mGeorge at Y'all have been fantastic with reviewing this podcast as of late. I want to keep that momentum going, so if you haven't already, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a review, uh, that's where we get the most traffic. Uh, Out of five stars, if you could hit the five star, that would be fantastic, but only if you think this podcast is worth it, and you also can take a minute or two to leave a little bit of a blurb about what you like, what you don't like, just any feedback or comments that you might have on the Locked On Kings podcast. We read all of those. We take them very seriously. That would help us out a ton Uh, so please do that i would really appreciate it until next time my name is matt george you have been listening to the locked on kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network
1: you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day